0: Guys, and Welcome back to Rad Country. I am your only host tonight, Nick Rucker. Uh, poor Justin, he's uh, swamped with kids, and I guess he couldn't find a room for all of them to hide them in, in place. We have a very special guest tonight, uh, Mr. John Brent, who is my John Brent Bachman, right?
1: <laughs> who is that is my, Craig, John Brent Bachman. Uh,
0: who is my nutrition coach and weightlifting coach and just weekly motiva- motivator, and uh, so wanted to bring him on because, hey, fitness, as most of you guys know, is a huge thing for me, whether I'm doing it right or not. It's still a huge thing for me. It has been for at least six years, seven years, and probably longer, but uh, the the big thing that I wanted to have John on for today was not only has we became friends because of uh, the Coach and the Vet podcast was introduced to you through Ian Griffin who was my sergeant major, um, when I was on, uh, active duty and then randomly, I think six months ago, four, four, it was in February. Let's say February. I was in St. Louis, Missouri and I was working and I was like, man, I'm getting to where I don't like to be, It was, which is out of control and, and, uh, gaining weight. And I remember texting you that day saying, uh, SOS basically is like, Hey, I need some help. I'm going down. Uh, and you said, Hey, let's hop on a call. And yeah. ever since I've been on um, the routines that you've uh, written for me, and in life has been so much better. But uh, yeah, so welcome and uh, live from uh, Tyler, Texas, right? Tyler, that Texas. Where you're at?
1: That's, that's right.
0: The uh, first yeah, place so. of football. First place <laughs> football. Earl
1: Campbell and Tyler Rose is what they called him. So. Uh, yeah. yeah, but I really appreciate you having me on here. I, my passion—I have a few passions, but one of them is helping other people with their nutrition, their workouts, and just becoming better. Them, uh, you call me John Brent. My wife calls me John Brent. A lot of people call me Coach John Brent now. And we—it's uh, funny. I'll be somewhere, and, and, and someone will say, "Are you?" A, had someone today. I was at Starbucks. Said, "Are you a trainer?" I said, "Well, kind of. This is kind of what I do, but I do what I absolutely love doing. This." And, and back to us first meeting. Uh, Ian Griffin and, and the coach in the vet has been a, a great experience for me and, and I hadn't seen each other in a number of years because of course he was serving in the military. And, uh, I don't, I, I don't know if you know the story, but I think I should tell you how we first uh, hooked back up was I posted a silly YouTube video about being frustrated with politics. And I said, maybe I'll just start a podcast. And it wasn't with a half an hour. I get a little DM from Ian, Hey, I think we'd be good together. And a week <laughs> later, his wife says, why don't y'all go by the coach and the vet? Because I was a high school football coach at the time. And yeah. so that's, that's kind of how that started. So I've been a high school football coach, nutrition coach, uh, workout coach, teacher. And something you don't know is used to play in bands. I, I, I like keeping up with you, but I played in a country band and jazz, or excuse me, a blues band back in the 90s. So, Oh, nice. A lot of, stu- a lot of stuff in common, except I didn't get to serve the great country like you guys.
0: Hey, that's all right. It's uh, the music thing makes up for it. I, I see. Yeah, I see randomly on your post every once in a while. You'll be picking the six string on the front porch or something like that. And I always wondered what what the story was behind that. Um, how long did you guys were you in a band for?
1: Yeah, um, uh, actually, I graduated in 1989. It'll tell my age. So I'll be 52 in October. But uh, one of the guys I went to school with uh, in the ninth grade in Pittsburgh, Texas, his mother got accidentally killed. Uh, by in a hunting accident and they moved off so i'm living in dallas in like 1992 and i run into this guy and he said he said you remember me and i said absolutely he said well i uh, i'm a singer and i'm trying to get a band together well i said hey i play guitar so long story short within about three months we had a band together and we're gigging and we did that from about 92 to 97 and at the same time started doing a little blues got in a little Mm -hmm. steve ray vaughn in my blood Uh, but uh, so I played for a number of years, and when my kids were born, I became what they call the porch picker. So I just you know play a little <laughs> acoustic on the on the porch and do a little singing sometimes, but it's just all fun. <laughs> I
0: I think there's some days where that was my life and not the stuff that I do do because that'd be a lot less work for me <laughs> on the back end. So
1: <clears throat> was, no doubt. Uh,
0: you were um, and before we get into the fitness stuff because I think we're going to go down a lot of rabbit holes with that, but the, uh, you were sharing with me kind of what you do, uh, during your day job and, um, or your day career. And so I was, we've been talking a little bit and I'd shared with you that my mom was a prison guard for 10 years and, and you had shared a story that you had, one of the kids was in the hole and you had given him my book and he had read that and it kind of probably brightened his day a little bit as much as it, it could in, in the hole. But, uh, I was at the time under the impression, Hey, he's a prison guard. And I didn't even think to ask. I just assumed of course. And, and then you shared your story tonight with me of what you actually do. Could you share that with the guys that are listening?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I didn't go to college until I was 40. So I graduated with a, with a bachelor's degree at 44 and I decided, Hey, I'm going to start teaching school public school, which led me to, to teach uh, in the CPS foster high school for a couple of years. And then by doing that, I had the opportunity to, uh, I was contacted about starting a, uh, a program for high school diplomas in state prisons, because in Texas for so many years, they would, you'd get a GED or, or a trade school type certification, but um, Goodwill Excel out of Austin decided they wanted to try to get a high school diploma program started for males and females. So they, they contacted the legislature in Texas because one of the issues was you couldn't start high school at a certain age, I believe it was 24. So we did get the the temporary to do that. So what I've done is I started going and teaching history, government, economics, principles of law, and then I teach a man's class. We have seven other teachers. Now this will be our third year. And now we've had over 600 male um, inmates. That were 18 to 50 that had not finished high school now get an actual Texas high school diploma and over 500 women in our women's facility down in Austin. So it's just an absolute. It's amazing to see these guys because they have to not only do they, they have to apply themselves for it. They're all over the state of Texas. They have to be approved. So their level, um, you know, must not be high. And then once they get there, they have to go to school. They have to do everything or they're they're out. And it's just been a blessing for them, um, and it's probably I tell people all the time it's the best job I've ever had because you you learn so much from these guys in a positive aspect that they've never had, and so they can they look at things in a different respect, perspective. Like just say principles of the law, we look at things a lot of time is you know the law and on a almost on a prosecutorial side of it, and they look at it from a, telling you about plea bargains and and how corrupt that is and the bail system and and what they feel about having a court appointed attorney that doesn't really care, doesn't show up to the day of the trial. So you hear about these things and you discuss it. And so, like I said, I've learned so much more from them, not only about law, but also just about being, you know, a person that makes mistakes. Some of these guys have been in there for 10 years, 50. I got one in there is 18 and a half years, finally going to get out in a year and a half. And he just, you know, just finished his high school diploma and he's a little bit scared and, and, uh, you know, just trying to work with people like this. Anyway, that's the job that I do. I absolutely love it. A lot of people don't know that; uh, they just know that I'm a teacher. But I, I truly love it, and uh, like I said, it's the best job I've ever had. Yeah, was, <clears throat> I would be curious to
0: speak to somebody like that that's been in, you know, in jail for 18 years or so because. That's got to be scary in general because, I mean, anywhere, you know, you you grow up around your parents and at 18 and you move out, man, that's a scary situation too, right? It's just, I couldn't imagine leaving somewhere that I've been where I know everything's kind of taken care of and you're taken care of in a way, as long as you stay on the straight and narrow and then poof, that's all going to be gone one day and you're going to be fitting for yourself again. Yeah. That's uh, definitely a high-stress environment <laughs> for, for somebody. <clears throat> so how did you get into, like, just the fitness world? How long ago did that start?
1: Well, it, it's interesting. It's kind of a twofold thing. Uh, about, a, about 10 or 12 years ago, I woke up. I was a high school athlete, played five sports. was in great shape. And in my early to mid-30s, I woke up one day. I was like 275 pounds of nothing, just of fat. And uh, so I lost weight the, the wrong way at that time. I started drinking Herbalife shakes, cutting my calories down to about 1,100, and walking and running everywhere. And next thing you knew, I had no, I had no fat, but also I had no muscle. But I was really uh, skinny fat because when I had my body fat checked, it was still 14 15%. I just looked like a, a stick. Uh, so over a number of years, I thought, well, you know, I just stopped the Herbalife and kind of just gradually gained weight back. And when I met my wife, which we've been married uh, four years now, I met her. She was a CrossFit competitive CrossFitter. And when I mean that, I mean she has abs and she was 50. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and you know, so I decided I had to start getting in shape. So I started going to CrossFit, tearing my body up, looked, I mean, I was feeling like crap, looking like crap. And uh, so I was after my 49th birthday, I was still probably 235, 240, just kind of out of shape. And we were talking one day and she said, what do you want to do, you know, for your 50th birthday? I said, you know what I've always wanted? I wish I had abs for my 50th birthday. And the reason for that is I had a a mentor at one point in time in my life, Scott Burr, which was Olympic um, gymnast back in the, in the late eighties. And he posted a picture, pulling his shirt up him and his teenage son on his 50th birthday. And he had six pack. I was like, it's possible. Yeah. And so I, told my wife that let me talk to her trainer, her CrossFit trainer, Seth Walker, and he's one of the best CrossFit trainers around here. And uh, and, and she said, well, just call him to see what he said. He said, well, look, I would be more than happy to help you, but I, I can't do this kind of stuff, what you're thinking, because, you know, I don't do things to lose weight. I do things to build muscle and get people prepared. But I do know a guy, and his name's Daniel Treat. And he's local and he's a young guy. He preps people for competitions, but he's the guy you need to talk to about getting abs in nine or 10 months. So I him hauled around. I finally got in touch with him in May and I turned, I was going to turn 50 in October. He said, well, if we're going to do it, I can help you. But I'm going to have to feed you like a horse and you have to guarantee me that you are going to sign up for a fitness show. I'm like, what is a fitness show? he said, well, it's where you wear board shorts and you go on stage and everybody's going to see, did you make it or not? And I was like, wow, this is getting too intense. So I was like, let me think. (laughs) So two weeks later, the very first day of June, I called him and I said, or text. I said, okay, I'm in what I got to do. So we started in June and because of COVID, then it got pushed back from my birthday to actually November was my first show, but on my 50th birthday, I had apps. So that's kind of how it started. Well, then when I did the show, of course, I posted photos and everybody saw it. And everybody's like, what do you do? What do you want to do? And it kind of took me back to my Herbalife days when I was doing Herbalife is just helping people really made me feel good when you'd see somebody come in and that scale drops, then Mm -hmm. their eyes would just light up because they'd feel better about themselves. And then uh, something I always remember, a guy told me, man, you never know how bad you felt until you start feeling good. And so it just kind of stuck with me. So I thought, you know what, I'll help some people around me that were asking for it. And then I decided to start researching talking to Daniel and just finding out from other people, proper macros and how it's different for males and females and different for ages and how to figure out proper sitting. How, how do you, how do you feel about me sending you something that has eat 5.5 ounces of protein? How do I come with 5.5 ounces of protein? And, you know, so it, there's a science to it. Uh, now there's a science to it to a point, and then you kind of adjust when you see picks and weights and how they work. Uh, but what I found out was it's got to be a healthy lifestyle, or it's temporary. So many people now do keto or Atkins, kind of the same thing in reality. Or they'll, you know, just restrict food and do high amounts of cardio, or they'll just reduce food and starve. And what yeah. happens is people can lose water really fast. They'll lose some water and a little bit of muscle and a little bit of fat pretty quick. So a lot of people go, Oh man, you're looking good. They lost 10 or 15 pounds. But in reality, what they've done is they set themselves up for failure because they're not building any muscle Their metabolism isn't getting any faster at all. Extra metabolism is getting less by decreasing both at the same time. So when mm-hmm. I realized that, and when he told me those words, Daniel said, I'm going to feed you like a horse. The first thought I thought was I'm going to have to, starving myself to get abs and he told me no i'm going to feed you to get abs and when i heard that it didn't make any sense but when we started it i started seeing pictures every couple of weeks i'd see just a little bit of a line coming a little bit more of a lines coming in i'm like dude i am like kind of like i'm never i wasn't hungry but it would just yeah. be like oh gosh it's time to eat again and but it's the kind of food the frequency of food the manipulation of the food at different times of uh, i mean you know a lot of times some it'll be I'll have somebody that, you know, they'll get a little bored. Well, i meet the same thing for five, four or five weeks. Well, every week you're still dropping if you're doing what you're supposed to. And all of a sudden they'll plateau. We'll check the week. and everything was, they did everything by the book. Okay. Then your body is really smart. So what it'll do, it'll start figuring out how to level itself off. It's called a plateau and you shock it. You can cut carbs for a couple of days or certain things you can do to get it ramped up again and then boom. Here we go again, losing, you know, some weight again. But what I found yeah. out was you do it by eating real food, by doing real cardio and doing old school, just weight training, resistance training. But 80% yeah. of it is the food. Um, so I tell people all the time, abs aren't made in the gym, abs are made in the kitchen. And, and that's, that's a huge point.
0: <clears throat> it definitely is. And I think from pictures of whenever we first started, I think in February, and I literally, I, my brain, whenever you said we're going to have to take pictures and you're going to have to get on a scale. I'm like, I haven't been on a scale since the army made me get on a scale. And uh, so that was a, uh, I remember going to that Walgreens and weighing myself in the parking lot and <laughs> sending you the, the weight of, I think it was two sixteen And whenever I first started and we, you told me, Hey, xyz this is what you need to eat this is what you got to do and i was like uh well i gotta figure all this out while on the road for work and uh but you made it super manageable easy easy for me to do and it was nothing crazy that was like how am i ever gonna accomplish that because sometimes i mean you're probably like me too at some point you've opened up a muscle and fitness magazine and you've looked at like the the meal plans, or you looked at the weight schedules and you're like, how the hell am I ever going to do that? Like, I don't have who grocery shops like this and all this crazy <laughs> stuff like that'll never last in my fridge. Um, and so the stuff that you gave me, it's like, Hey, red meat, potatoes, sweet potatoes, fish, chicken, and greens, green beans, whatever the case may be. And, yeah. and a very clean protein. And so it was like, well, I can go spend a hundred dollars probably every week and get all those that stuff and be right. good for seven days. So, and, and so people listening, like, especially uh, for people that are listening, that are listening from back home, from where I'm from in Missouri, there is a weight problem. It's, it's Mountain Dew. It's, it's you, you that's your caffeine for the day and you drink 12 of those and, and you eat McDonald's or parties or whatever the case may be. And I can't remember personally the last time I ate any of that stuff and my body would probably reject it at this point, but it is, it truly is. It's what now, you know, over the past eight weeks working with you or six weeks that it's, it is, it was made in the kitchen. And, and I, I can tell the weeks that I sent pictures to you that like, Hey, if I had a crappy week, I was in Chicago and I know I ate pizza and in all this, and I'm like, I still gotta send the picture, but I know it's it's gonna be bad. Like just I'm I'm gonna feel like hey, I didn't stick to the stick to the plan. So whenever you get somebody, like say whenever I came to you or or this guy that you know you were talking about from uh Columbus, Ohio, what's um what's initially How do you, how do you get a, do you have like a base? Like, Hey, this is what I throw at everybody. And then we tweak it from there as far as a meal plan, or is it, how do you, how do you decide all
1: that? Well, I know it's kind of, it's kind of fundamentally a a way to look at it is first and foremost, I always want to know what, what is something you won't eat, uh, because I can come up with what I, what I want you to eat by looking at you and telling your weight and your activity level. I can kind of do that by just looking at a person, talking to them. But if, you know, if I tell somebody they need to have oatmeal and they, they can't swallow oatmeal, so that's got to be a problem. So there's a substitutes that we can do for things. So one of the first thing I want to know is why they're doing it. It's one of the things that has really, uh, it's kind of interests me from the beginning. We have willpower and it's usually good for a time, but why power, why you're doing something continually works. So if you start to have struggles, which we all will in, in, in any journey that we do, is you have to have that either picture or that that saying or that goal or whatever of why you're doing it. Uh, mine would might be for a, a show, a, a, a men's physique show. Or some I have some that are doing it for vacation. I have some that are doing it for weddings. I have some that are doing it because he he was told by his doctor you are di- now diabetic, and he goes I don't want to take medicine and he called he called me from Arkansas said I need your help right now. Well, that was his why. So once you find out the why, and then you can determine what type of activity level they can do, because a lot of people, if they're, you know, I work with somebody over 300 pounds, they're going to be different than somebody like yourself. That was just, you know, let yourself go a little bit, you still had muscle. You could still go do endurance things. You could still do, you know, you could go do a competition, outdoor CrossFit competition. And there's different than people like that. So once you find out their activity level, find out their goal, what they really want to do. And find out how committed they are and how long they're committed for. Like, if somebody says, hey, I'm just going to go for a vacation in four months and then I'm done, you know, it's just pretty much for beach pictures. So it's going to be really dealing with them. is not going to be a lifestyle change. It's just getting up to a, a photo. And, and that's yeah. okay if that's mm-hmm. what they want. Because normally what happens, it turns into they lacking like the way they look and they continue it. But, mm-hmm. you know, doing that and then finding out, um, do they have a gym? This has been one good thing. Do you have a home gym? You have no gym at all. Do you have access to a 24 hour gym or does your gym close at five o'clock and it's born in the morning to five, you know, so you have to work with them. And so once you find that out and find out the level you're at, you know, where you want to start them. The, the number one thing, once you start somebody with a program is giving them confidence that they're not alone because the reason they hire me is I come up the program, but you know, they need to know that they can reach out to me because for two reasons, number one, they don't know how to do it, or they'd already do, or they're already done, you know, they have already done the thing and lost the weight. And number two, they yeah. need somebody to be accountable to. And that's one of the things I've heard from some guys that have stayed with me long term is I just need to be, you know, somebody to be accountable to and, and you're, you're my guy. And so, you know, that's just kind of what, what's their goal and, and what is their, what is their dedication to that goal?
0: Yeah, I feel like ultimately the overall success of what you're doing is kind of in your in in that person's hands, right? You're just giving them the tools to make it successful, and I think even w- with myself was I had been lifting on my own for a couple of years and been intermittent fasting and and all this other stuff that I. I think I came to you because I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing right now. And, and, uh, I would like to know that's what I, it was for really for the education. You look at somebody like yourself and you're like, he obviously knows what he's doing and he's going to give me at least the, he's going to educate me on what I need to do. And so if we work together for a year or the next 10 years, then I'm going to walk away a lot smarter than I was before I started. And that's what I appreciate about what you do is because, you know, you're, you're sending me a monthly plan or, or a weekly plan or changing things up on a, uh, uh, and I can ask you, okay, why are we doing this? Like what's, what's the case? And you've got a reason. It's not just like, well, I saw muscle and, fitness magazine last week. I just want to try it. I
1: haven't read one of of those in years. They they intimidated me years ago. So I just don't pick them up,
0: (laughs) (laughs) man. I, uh, I started lifting and it's funny because I, you look back and you remember the days when you didn't lift weights. And I remember the day that I did start lifting weights and it was on an old weeder, uh, bench in my roommates. He had it in an extra spare room in our house. And it was the old concrete weights uh covered in plastic and and he was just basically walking me through the basics of how to do it and then uh fast forward probably six months later, and we were both applying to work at gold's gym and and uh, I was like, "I don't want to work here after I applied and <laughs> and uh, the the owner was a little questionable, but <clears throat> anyway. A lot of my education, though, came from I worked at GNC for about a year and um, was the big thing was like, hey, I got discounted supplements. That's why I wanted to work yeah. there. But I uh, ended up working with a bunch of guys that knew, you know, like what things were and what to take aside from like, hey, you don't have to buy, you know, all this aggro Muscle tech, uh, for Criacic and all this crazy stuff, you can buy the basic powders and you can get the same kind of
1: effect. And it's pretty, it's pretty unbelievable that a lot of people don't know that. Like when we get ready for a show, like I I started uh prepping, I think my trainer this time gave me 14 weeks out. Uh, There's no crazy stuff that I'm taking, I'm eating six meals a day, clean chicken, fish you know, real lean Turkey, even steak, uh, just cut my fast loads, no more avocados, no more peanut butters just for that time. But there's no, there's no secret, uh, supplement. I take vitamin A, vitamin D. I take, um, what they call essential enzymes just for digestion. I take a fish oil and I take a turmeric for being sore. And that is it besides my protein powder that I use in the middle of the day, right after my workout. People are like, oh, I bet you take this. What kind of supplements do you take? Man, what is your secret? What is your what is your pre-workout? My pre-workout is black coffee. So yeah. there's so many things that these places tell you you need or, or places you'll see uh, even people on online uh, selling these magic drinks or these magic coffees or fat bombs or bikini in a bottle. And it's pretty much for years, I, I kind of believed in that thing where if you felt like you were doing something, then that was enough. But if you really want to change the way you look and feel, you can do it with what God gave us. I tell people all the time, if it's grown on, grown from the ground, under the ground and swims in water, eat it. If you do that, you'll be fine because the obesity epidemic that we have in our country right now, which is killing anywhere between 250 to 300,000 people a year. You know, my wife her, is a nurse practitioner. and a number of years, she worked in bariatric, gastrointestinal. And now she works in veins and uh, in vascular tyler. All three of those are dealing with almost every single person in there um, would not be in there if their weight was in check, or either obese or morbidly obese, and which creates diabetes, hypertension, and other medical issues that are preventable. But, and you know, Nick, one of the things that surprised me the most when I started doing my research is the average American male is the same height as we were 30 years ago, but -hmm. the American male is 27 pounds heavier now than they were 30 years ago. And the only reason for that is because we quit eating at home. We quit cooking our foods. We quit having gardens. We quit, you know, eating healthy and then eating out one or two nights a week. Our diet has become fast food, convenience stores and restaurants. And, when that has happened, that's the majority of things. We, you can go into a restaurant and order a chicken with salad, or you can order a steak, but you have no idea if they're going to put oil and butter on that steak. What did they cook that chicken in? Are those yeah. vegetables soaked in butter all afternoon? Because butter tastes yeah. good. Uh, so one of the things that, that we would have to do is you can still eat and eat out but you can tell them how you want it prepared. And I do that too, prepping for a competition. I still do date nights every Thursday night with my wife. The last four weeks before competition, I can't have anything but black coffee. So it's kind of like a joke. I eat before I leave. I have black coffee sheets, steak, lobster, and dessert. And I'm like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> there are many times from that week 14 to week four that I still go out and I order. Like if I go to Outback, I'll say, hey, do me a favor. Please put the seasoning on your steak. Vegetables have to be steamed. I can't have any butter, any oil at all. It's sweet potato dry. And then just because I've done it long enough, I can tell my portion of sweet potato, eat half of it, whatever. But that's a very good meal. person can go out and do that if they want to. Hey, Mm -hmm. when you cook my chicken, will you just put it on the flat top, bring me some, you know, some steamed green beans and bring me a whole white potato with nothing on it. And then you can put a little salt and pepper on it. And I'm telling you that's a good meal to have while you're out. But, People that like, well, I'm out. I'll just have it tonight. Well, tonight turns in, well, to tomorrow morning. I'm having donuts, or somebody brought lunch to, to to the office. And next thing you know, you've had three or four days of bad meals. It's just our culture. I actually have an uh, article that's coming out on uh, Medium.com tomorrow through the Coach of the Vet. Actually, comes out Friday, and it's about uh, the obesity epidemic that we have, and you know how how you know how we've just been allowed to be this way. We're killing ourselves. And we're just, we don't talk about the elephant in the room because of, you know, a lot of times people call it fat shaming or whatever in the 21st century. Uh, but we used to tell people, you know, when something was wrong with them, we would tell them they had a problem and we're going to help them. When it's come to being overweight, somehow we, we can't talk about it. Mm-hmm. I think um, I, I work in the
0: construction world. And so <clears throat> ultimately there's a huge dip in in employees like keeping people employed in construction and everybody wants to work from home and do all this stuff and um so what we what i have noticed is the candidates that we are getting have been on uh, basically at home for the past two years because of covid or haven't had you know had had jobs off and on off and on but um all the guys that I train are big, big guys. And, you know, I always have to say right out of the gate, I'm like, this isn't going to be fun for you. You know, like, I'm just going to tell you now this is hard work. It's hard on your knees work, whether you have, you know, knee pads or not, but it's, it's tough on your knees. It's tough on your body. I'm like, I'm just kind of like, look at me. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm the weight that I am and all that. And I get around just great. But, I was like, still, I go to bed at night some nights, like, God, I hope I can get up in the morning.
1: Yeah.
0: But so I totally get what you're saying. And growing up in the, in the uh, basically just kind of like the small town, town of 500 people. Hey, you know, like everybody look like at some point, your mom gets to the age where she looks like your grandma and like, you just kind of like, how does this happen? Like this, does anybody evolve here? And, um, but then you'll hear these, you know, these stories where like, Oh, so-and-so started walking and and they eat this and this, and then they'll start losing all this weight, but they can't maintain it. They'd never, there's, there was always a point where they just go back to what they were before. And I seriously, I feel bad for every time I go back home or, or go to these small towns that surround like the city that I live in then you just kind of feel bad for some people because they just, at some point they let themselves go or somebody just didn't educate them on, Hey, there is more out there than what you're doing. And you, you know, you can feel better. And I, I just wish, I think that's whenever I see those guys that come into work with me, there's a part of me and you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. That's like, I see who I was at one point in them And I want to be like, hey, I need you to do these things and check back in with me in like a month. (laughs) And I guarantee (laughs) you're going to want to keep going and you don't owe me anything.
1: (laughs) I'm from the same type of small town as you. I, I grew up in Northeast Texas in a place called Pittsburgh, Texas, that has 1,500 people. And we were known there for Pilgrims, Pride. We were known there for Carol Shelby. Carol Shelby was from there. But we're also known for Pittsburgh hotlinks, made it all the way to the White House. But in Pittsburgh, there were hotlink places, burger places, Mexican places, and everything else was fried. And so that's just how we grew up. It was in, you know, the late you know 20th century in East Texas was you know, fried foods with gravies and fried catfish with husk puppies and fries, and you know, a burger with, with fries, and everybody had dessert with every meal. But you know what has happened now is even doing that at home is one thing, but eating out and all the preservatives and extra fats that are added, it's added waistline to the American male uh, just themselves. Like I said, the male is 27 pound heavier in the last 30 years. The female is 24 pounds heavier and they're shorter than us. So uh, in that last 30 years, so it's not just a male thing. One of the things that my wife and I have noticed is, and I hate to call it people watching, but one day we were at the fair and I was like, you know, it's, it's amazing. I can look at the husband in a crowd of 10 people. I can pick out the wife because the husband and wives look identical. If they're in shape, the other one looks in shape. If the one is round and smaller and the other, the other one has almost the same exact build. And it's because that's the way they eat in their home. And then if you have two or three kids walk up, Nick, and you go, oh, my gosh, there goes the next generation. They're already overweight. And it's it's a sad yeah. thing because the kids are doing what they're told. You know, when we were growing up as eat your vegetables or you can't get away from the table, eat your food or you can't have a dessert with the, I hate to say the demise of the American family. It's like we don't have that sit down at the table, everybody eat, everybody eats healthy because mom's cooking it and doing it there. It's we're just grabbing fast foods to keep the kids quiet. But well, what does a kid yeah. want? What did you want when you were a kid? I wanted the burger, the fries and everything else, too. But that's not an every It shouldn't be an everything, everyday thing. And yeah. your, your point of what you said about people, I don't ever uh, I don't ever get upset losing a client, as I call losing it. What I mean by that is they'll get to their point where their wire goal weight is, and they feel like, okay, now I'm going to do this on my own. I can always tell, and if they ask me, I'll be honest with them. I can always tell who's going to be the same weight in six months and who's not. And it's just, it's just the mindset. What I wish they would do would be to do check-ins with me, even if it was, you know, every two weeks or four weeks to let me know how they're doing. Because I think once they start going down and here, which a lot of people will, they're embarrassed to contact the trainer and they're embarrassed to contact someone that's helped them because they feel like they're failing. Um, I had a, a young lady that I was working with for a number of months that had went. Uh, she lost 20 pounds over a few months and was working out very well. She looked really good. And then her check-ins, instead of every Saturday, ended up being – Maybe every 10 or 11 days if I send her a text and it was I didn't get pictures for two or three weeks. You know something's going on. Uh, What we need to realize is no matter what we have, an addiction to food, an addiction to alcohol, an addiction to anything, is we need to have an accountability partner. We need to know that we can go to someone and trust them, that they're not going to judge them, that they're there to help. Because I think that's one of the things I've learned through this process is I'm here to help people. I'm not here to judge them. And when they, the first time that I can feel that they they feel like they made a mistake and don't want to tell me, I have to tell them that, look, I'm not here to judge. You, you came to me. I'm just here to, to help you. But you have to let me know when you're struggling because I don't know. And so I think we have to do that not only with, with this, but also with your family and sometimes your friends. If you see a friend struggling or if you see somebody struggling, it would be great if everyone would just tell you. But a lot of times they don't. And you know when something's wrong with someone, that's that's a that's kind of like the same thing with coaching, you know, with this. You kind of have to know when to reach out to some hey, I saw you the other day, you seen the little XYZ and what's going on. Because sometimes you open the door, get to go, Yeah, I have been. This is what I've been wanting to tell you. And I've seen that numerous times, Nick, over the last six months, where I contact someone and they'll say, You know what? I should have told you last week that I did this and I was upset about it. Da, da, da. And we move on. Uh, so mm-hmm. the one of the things is you said you're talking about it's a weight loss journey it's actually it's not temporary but unless you make it a lifestyle change it's going to be temporary and so when uh, I had one just recently that I was doing programming for that wanted to start doing it on their own they wanted to know the macros I was choosing for them and, and this kind of stuff and I had to kind of transition them now for me as a coach I'm losing a client but I'm also teaching them how to be you know, better for their family. And I enjoy that because, you know, for a couple of weeks I didn't hear much from them. Then I started seeing them posting food preps on Sunday at their house and they're doing it on their own. And it just makes it, it, that's part of it because with the obesity epidemic we have now we lost a million people to COVID and whatever Mm -hmm. COVID COVID is and COVID means to whoever, whatever that's not on me (laughs) over the last, what, two and a half years. In that same amount of time, we've probably lost seven to seven hundred fifty thousand people from from preventable obesity issues. And so we don't talk about it at all. And that's something that's been going on. If you look up the last 10 years, let's just say two hundred fifty thousand people. That's two and a half million people that we could have prevented an early death by eating properly. Now, I'm in the education system when we were in school. I mean, I'm fifty one. When I was in school, there was two things that we learned. We learned financial management. And we learned like home ec, how to cook, clean, whatever, whatever, you know, certain things like that, and health. I really wish that with the star-based, everything is star-based, star-based in Texas, which is a test you have to pass, to, you know, to, that, to get out of high school in different subjects. And they spend so much time and energy and money on that. I wish they would take some of that time and energy and get people prepared for the life they're about to have with to take care of their bodies because without you know without your health, you have nothing. And you have now mm-hmm. people that you see 30, 35, 40 years old that are walking around disabled because of bad health choices. I mean bad food choice they made younger and they're so large that they can't walk. And if a yeah. person is so large <clears> that they can't walk, it's not just a thyroid issue by itself. Uh, I hear people say that well, maybe they have a thyroid, they they probably do, but they also have eating issues that we can fix too but i think the stigma has to come away from people accepting fatness as as it's an an okay thing we're not making fun of you because you look large i'm going we're we're talking about you because there should be concern that you're killing yourself instead of living to 75 you might live to be 55 and you've got family you've got you know everybody around you that cares about you we don't talk about Mm -hmm. how to take care of ourselves as much as we talk about you know, the, the things that are wrong with each other or a party. So I wish we would we'd spend more time educating our youth, educating our young families, and even educating older people like yourself and I that grew up in a, in a town that, that didn't eat so good, uh, how mm. to educate those older people. Hey, you know, we need to get this in check. And not when you get that first heart attack or maybe you live through a stroke. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I think it's primarily, you know, especially family members that I see that are just kind of like, what are you doing with yourself here? You know, like you're, you're all over the place. Like, <laughs> I mean, uh, that's, that's just how I feel. And I, I know that some people, you just know the people that are guarded and they put up a defense like as soon as you start the words, something rolls out of your mouth and they're like, Oh, what do you know?
1: You know, it's just like, yeah, I'm not even going down that road with you. So.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And Uh, and another um,
1: thing I wanted to give you a little props is you can see the difference in you significantly in the last four months. Well, you're inspiring someone you've already inspired someone. We don't have to name them, but they contacted me. That's a friend of yours and now I'm helping her. But there's people that I hear from all the time. Like I have a friend or, or a client of mine right now, Aaron. I'll just give his first name. That his um, his uh, sister contacted him, and said, "What are you doing? I need to figure it out." And he started helping her and cooking for her. I mean, it's but you these when people see you losing weight, the first thing one knows, what are you doing? What's your secret? What's this? What's the secret to your success? And right. then when you when you let them know that there's really no secret, some of them will run away, and some go, "Wow, so you can really eat all this food and do this and get back." getting shape like I was in high school. Uh, I was never in this good of shape in high school, even though I played five sports, I never had abs. So you can take it as far as you want, but it, it's all about the food, but we're inspiring. You're inspiring. I'm inspiring. Anyone that's losing weight, anyone that's changing their life, anyone that has this, why am I doing something? And people see it because of the epidemic that we have with obesity. So many people do want to lose weight. They just either don't know how to do it. Uh, or they don't even know where to start. So when they see someone they know, like Nick or, or John Brent or someone, Aaron, that they know, they go, he knows, so let me contact him. And that's when it's kind of like we're passing passing the baton to someone else. It gives them hope to go, hey, you know what, I don't have to keep this beer belly. I don't have to keep this, you know, it's summertime. And I had, you know, Aaron told me for the first time in a number of years, he went to the water park and he wasn't embarrassed about taking his shirt off. I mean, that right yeah. there um, – gave him some self-confidence he hadn't had in a number of years. And you, me, we feel the same way. There's a little vanity involved in it, but there's also health that we have to look at because there's bad health all around us. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, especially, you know, now. And and just <clears throat> referring to those people, um, you know, the guys that are like, well, <clears throat> well, it's summertime, it's grill season, it's this, it's that, it's that. It's like, yeah, but that's – dude, you want these things. I know you do, you know, and it's like, I can show you it and, you know, talking about like motivating other people and, and, um, the friend that I gave your number to and stuff like that. And she got, she, you're helping her now. Um, there has been others that have reached out, you know, and said like, what are you, what are you doing? You know? And I just, you know, people were like, it's like, you're, packing on all this muscle but your face is like bony and slim and i'm like hey man this is the, this is what i wanted this is exactly we i needed i was i'm very much like once you show me the way i can get make myself disciplined and i'll stick to it um and i know what it's like to like i think there's maybe like one or two times that i haven't been able to send you pictures and that was because i was in germany for one of them. And the other one was, I can't remember what was going on. I had drill or something anyway, neither in nor there, but it, it just becomes a, a, um, you hold yourself self-accountability and how bad do you really want it? And do I, I mean, if I really wanted to, I could easily avoid you. Like it, it could be very easy, but you know yes. what, there's some, there's something inside of me that's like, no. And it's not the money. I mean, yeah, we, I pay for this and pay for your services. Of course, I'm gonna, you do a lot for, for me to get me to where I want to go. And so ultimately, it's like, it's, it's all about me. Do I want it? Or do I want to just tell you that things are going okay? And really, I know deep down inside, I ate two deep dish Chicago style pizzas last night, and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna soak up all the water weight I can today. I mean, yeah. it's, um, which. You know, I'm not perfect for people listening. Well, has no, to and you know what? Right.
1: And that's that's part of life. Life. Uh, one of my favorite books that that I've read, and I've, I actually have purchased it for two different schools. Actually, I purchased it for one, and the school district purchased it for the other one. It's called "The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck, and it's uh-huh. one of the greatest. I think it's one of the best books that you could read as a young adult or even an older adult that's trying to become a better person. And the very first sentence of the book is three words: "Life is difficult." So when you realize that the journey is going to be, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be good days and bad days, but you don't stop the journey. And I think a lot of times when it comes to, you know, what people consider to be weight loss, well, I did really good for a certain amount of time. And then ABC happened. And then I just mm-hmm. gave up. Well, no matter what you're doing, I have a person that I can give you inspiration. Like somebody texted me the other day said, Hey, you gave me all this, but you do know that I work outside as a, so-and-so I was like, yeah. And I also have people that work outside in Texas that are in the old business that what they do is when they get to work and where they put their meal on the dash and two and a half hours later, when it's mealtime, it's warm. And then when they're doing that, they put the next one on the dash and three hours later eating another one before they come home. He's like, wow, I never thought about that. There's always a way you can do it. There were, when I'm prepping in town, it's hilarious, Nick, there was a, an Exxon station and a Valero station that both of the ladies in there knew that I came in and borrowed their microwave and every once in a while I'd buy an orange monster sugar-free, but I would always use their microwave once a day in the morning and once in the afternoon at one in the morning at the Exxon and one afternoon at Valero. They, They warmed up my food on the way to work and on my way to the gym. So there's there, you can do it if you want to do it. The thing is there's, the excuse that people use is, well, I'm busy. I don't have time to prep. I have kids. My job is this. I work weird hours. I got people that work nursing hours from, you know, 7 PM to 7 AM. Uh, we have people working in the oil field uh, and people like yourself that had to go. I don't know what you went through that week, but some of the pictures and some of the stories <laughs> I got, it's like, I don't know if this guy's CIA, is he Jason Bourne, but he's doing some weird stuff. And you know, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't lose any kind of, Real, uh you were where you were heading. You didn't like fall away back. You got through wow. that. You jumped right back on it. And it was great because life is life. And you know, I just went to Cancun for six straight days. You think I worried about what I ate? No, I ate everything I wanted to for six days. Came right back. Started right back on it. And the funny thing is, but when I left, I weighed two oh six. When I came back, I weighed two oh four. I don't know why, but I lost two pounds in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so. But it's it, it's what we're doing, Nick, is we're getting our metabolism so much higher that we can make these mistakes once you get it going. Like you said before this started that you're starting to get hungry in you know two, two and a half hours, maybe even two forty-five. There's so many people in the first month, month and a half that say, dude, I don't know how I'm gonna eat all this food. You're killing me. And then one day I get that text. I am starving. When's the last time you ate? An hour and a half ago. I don't know what just happened. And I'm like, yes metabolism is kicking in so we just we <clears throat> adjust some food so i tell people and i want people to hear this anybody that listens if you want to lose weight don't look at it as weight look at it as fat and the reason for that is the best way to have a lifestyle change with your body is to eat more good food frequently get a good resistant program in on weights and make sure you have some cardio to burn those fat and i want to give a little bit of a misconception. A lot of people say, well, so I go to the gym and I work out and I finish every day with 15, 20 minutes of cardio, 15 to 20 minutes of cardio is going to burn probably 100 to 120 calories, depending on who you are. But from a fat standpoint, it's not burning any fat. I learned early on to really get into burning fat, you really need to be a steady state cardio, good heart rate, 120, 130 of about 20 to 22 minutes before fat burning even begins. Mm -hmm. So if a person then just says, well, look, I'm going to turn on Netflix and I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch 40 minutes of Netflix on a treadmill, eight incline, three and a half for 40 minutes. I guarantee you if you eat your food correctly, where you eat a good amount of protein, a good amount of carbs with a very low amount of fat, eat frequently every three to three and a half hours, eat five to six times a day. Don't drink your calories. Most people have a coffee in the morning with 350 calories, have a couple of drinks for 300 calories and have wine at the end of the day. And they wonder why they don't lose weight because they're working out, doing all this cardio, but they just keep gaining weight or, or maintain. A lot of people make drink their calories and then realize that once you start losing weight, you, knew, you You have to. You can't keep doing the same thing. The body is the smartest computer in the world, and so the minute that it thinks it's 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 getting a restriction amount of food, it's going to try to hang on to to, to fat. It's like water. How do you manipulate somebody for a water cut for competition? You raise their water to two gallons a day, then a gallon and a half, a gallon, whatever, whatever. And then all of a sudden, it just you're peeing all the water out of it, even though you're not getting any for two days. then your body figures out what's going on. It starts holding on to water again. So don't get complacent. My hashtag is hashtag be uncomfortable. And that's exactly what you have to do is be uncomfortable, do things differently, but don't restrict your food, restrict bad food. Don't just go in and do cardio, do enough cardio. And don't just walk in the gym and take selfies of your backside or your front side that you're in the gym actually do some workouts with high reps, low weights is better than doing nothing. I have a lot of people that are doing reps 12 to 15, four or five sets of just four or five exercises a day and over a six or eight week period, they've got cuts in their arms. They're starting to tone up that high reps, get that volume in, just do the reps. Don't just go in there and stand for 40 minutes and take pictures. There's,
0: <clears throat> there's, um, Definitely because whenever we first started, I was doing kind of it was low reps. Uh I was doing high low reps, high, high um sets. And so it was like eight to nine sets of of like I want to say five to seven reps. And I'd been doing that for quite a while. And that was because honestly, it was I've been in CrossFit for five years and I got out and I'd been out for two years. And so for two years I was trying to collect my, what I was going to do. And I've got my gyms here. It's literally right over there in my garage. And I've got almost everything that anybody could do. And I have cables now too. And um, anything you could almost do in a, in a gym, I can do aside from like, unless you are only able to manipulate it on a machine, I can't really do that. But that's okay. I'm all about free weights and dumbbells and, and all that. but I think the awesome thing about your programming is that say if like I told you, Hey, all I have is a kettlebell and I've got outside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what What can we do? What can we do with that? And you know what? I really think that that would, it's almost not to say it's easier, but it's like, okay, I think if I was from your standpoint, I'd say how many steps do you get in a day? And somebody's like, oh, I'm only averaging about 4,000. Okay, let's get that up to like 6,000 for the next few weeks. And then let's take that kettlebell and do whatever the case may be.
1: But well, and, and you're right, because there's been many times I'll tell people, what do you have? And I'll say, go out there and take a picture of your weight room and send it to me because I need to know what you have and what we need to program you for. But you're right. I never thought about it that way, but there's so much sedentary uh situations now that we have we sit at our desks we're we're, we're real computer people now with the pandemic we're even setting more people are sitting at home where there's not only sitting at home but there's a pantry right there and so you have to really be careful with that you know they call it the what the pandemic 15 or the covid 15 or whatever it's not that covid gave somebody 15 pounds it's that people weren't working walking to the car and in the car into the building and down the hallways and up the steps all day long and then coming home they're losing that that movement uh Also, so uh, I could tell people all the time, it's 80% of fat loss is in the kitchen, making those adjustments. But the other 20 is really, really important. Cardio is really important to help right now in the beginning to start getting some of that weight off a little bit quicker. But the building the muscle and toning the muscle is your long term best friend uh because once you don't eat once they you know get to a point where you want to be, let's say a person starts out at 230 and they want to be 185 and we get them to 185 and we get their menu back to a spot where they're just maintaining well, that's going to be maintaining if we're continually doing some cardio, we're continually eating, eating good food, you know, 70% of the time. And then you're still getting that resistance training. So your muscles being built because you know you tear the fibers up, it's actually working all fixing those fibers so there's just certain things that a person has to do you can't expect to um, stay the same if you're not doing the same uh there's a documentary that you ought to look at i think you'll think it's great it's called fit to fat to fit Mm -hmm. it's a trainer that was on the front of muscle magazine muscle fitness men's fitness and he has these beautiful abs he's holding his rope up and he's getting so frustrated with his clients because they just they're not showing up they're not eating right he's having to chase them And one girl tells him, you just don't know what it feels like to be the overweight. he's like, you know what? I don't. So he decided for, for six full months, he was going to gain as much weight as possible. And then six months, take it back off. So it started on new year's Eve and it was going to be the next New year's Eve. And after the six months, he'd gained a super amount of big fat belly. He actually thought he was having a heart attack at one time. His blood work was out of whack. And for the first, like, four to five weeks the cameras caught him cheating on pizzas and and all these things because he couldn't emotionally get right so he was so frustrated he felt bad about himself and then he finally got back to you know where he was close to where he was at the end of the one-year journey but it just shows that you know people are in a different if somebody's really in good shape you need to be very empathetic to someone that is 300 pounds Because if you go in and you say, man, you just got to do these workouts, I know you can do it, I do it every day, not only have you lost a client, you should lose that client, you shouldn't be doing it. But but number two is you are beating that person over the head with a box of cereal, making them feel terrible. I mean, you just got to be empathetic and know that everybody's at a different place, you know, emotionally and physically. And mentally, they have to be able to stay focused. But you're going to, that's why I'm here is to help you stay focused mentally when you're not having the good days. When you're doing good and I'm checking in, hey, how things going? Man, it's been great. Two days of great workouts. I feel great. I accidentally lied and said I didn't step on the scale, but I did. And I'm down two pounds. And I'm like, oh, I'll talk to you on Saturday. And I'm like, great. That's not when I'm needed. And when I'm needed is when you had friends come over the night before and you binge and you woke this morning and you felt bad about it. You had eight cents lunchtime and you were so hungry at lunch, you went and had a whole pizza. That's yeah. when I need to be. That's when I need to be used the most because it's not just you eat these things, do these things. It's perfect. Life is difficult. It's going to have those days, sometimes weeks that you have to reset. And sometimes mm-hmm. clients will not want to do it anymore. And like I had one um, that was with me for six months and lost a significant amount of weight. She was almost three hundred pounds and got down below two forty, and then just was done. Just couldn't do it anymore and gained about 30 back. she just contacted me a week ago and said, I'm back in. And, you know, but it wasn't me beating her up, and making her feel bad. I checked on her every once in a while. So friends that you see that are trying, this weight loss is not easy. You know that, um, you know, the checking with them, give them a little pointer, some of the things that, you know, of course you can send them to me, but if, you know, if they're not financially want to do that, or if they just don't want to totally commit just little things we can do to help people feel better about themselves. Um, we should do that as just humans, but especially when it comes to being overweight, because it's embarrassing for people. Uh, it was embarrassing for me. Uh, one of the first times I knew I needed to lose weight, and I hope I can say a, a, a dirty word, but I won't, it was not a bad one. Like one of my friend Lance Men, I hadn't seen in a number of years. I went back to like in my 10-year reunion, and we hugged, and he goes, man, you're a fat ass. And that hit me, and I was upset at myself, and I went back, and that's the first time I lost weight. So it was just, you know, you never know what it's going to be. And we, him and I have talked about it now. He actually came to my very first physique show about 20 years after that comment. And uh, we went to eat afterwards at Papa Do's. I just kind of said something to him. I said, well, I'm not that fat anymore. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but he's been a good friend. And when I, was in, when I was in coaching and we went deep in the playoffs, he would come to our playoffs game. So we stayed in touch. But you never know the trigger for someone. And we always talk about the triggers as a negative thing but you never know that trigger might just be you, you reaching out to somebody that trigger for them to go, you know what? I need to change my life too. But now with social media, Nick, a big trigger is seeing it, seeing you mm. and then seeing the difference or seeing me and seeing the difference or seeing a friend and go, wait a minute, what are you doing? What, where'd you lose all this week? I need help too. And, yeah. and that's another way of helping people is social media is a bad thing at times, but it's going to be a good thing. I know. Um,
0: it's funny that you bring that up about the guy calling you a fat ass um, <laughs> because it was probably eight years ago and I was still drinking at the time and um, I was at a bar playing a show and this guy that I, I had no association really with whatsoever, just a, a girl I knew, her it was her now husband, he comes up and he like, God damn, you got fat as shit. And I was like, I I took it to heart. I still remember that. And I still remember it now every time I see him, I'm like, I just think to myself, I don't say anything, but I'm just yeah. like,
1: who's fat now? Like <laughs> yeah. that's it is but, yeah. And you know, some of the hurtful hurtful things that we we say to people, they remember some of the hurtful things that are said to us, we remember, and you know, we, we should be better people than that. So I tell people all the time, just because you see me as fifty years old, you know, with my shirt off and you know, Yes, it's, it makes me feel good that I have abs. I'm not doing that really to make the people that are overweight feel bad about themselves. I really hope they can look at that and go, my God, if this guy can do this at 51 years old, I can at least lose that 20 pounds or 40 pounds or 50 pounds uh, or, or get in better shape so I don't have to take medicine. I just hope they look at it that way. And not everyone does. I'm sure someone looks at it and goes, man, I wish he'd put a shirt on yeah, maybe I should put a shirt on, but if it helps these people that I've connected with, you know, lose the weight, then then it's okay with me. Yeah. I think I'm the same way too. And I used to be more
0: about posting photos and all that stuff. And, um, I just, I think now I I do, I have the physique and, and the look that I want. And it's, I really like to, if anybody would, you know, if if I were to find an opportunity to do that, I would. I have nothing against it whatsoever. And I think that, I think just like you, I think I have that in the back of my mind. Somebody's sitting there looking at it and saying, well, I wish he'd put a shirt on. Or, <laughs> or um, um, they're sitting there saying whatever they may say anyway. But uh, there are the people that are like, man, I remember like six months ago, Nick Rucker was starting to put on some weight and we were wondering what he when he was going to, you know, things were going to click for him again. And well, here it is. I can do that too. I hope, <clears throat> hope, hopefully that's what they're thinking or somebody back home, you know, somebody back home is this and they're going like, well, that'll never be me, um, you know? And it's just like, maybe one day that will finally, they're like, maybe I'll just ask him. Cause I've, you know, that's, that's the same thing. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, that's the same thing with the alcohol and stuff like that. I just, you know, put my story out there, never imagined some of the people that have written, wrote me over the years and asked me about it because they have a problem. And I was like, dude, I had no idea that you were like wanting help, you know, like, and I was like, yeah, I'm never going to say anything like this doesn't leave our conversation,
1: but You know, like you could have said, said something a long time ago, you know, kind of deal. And, and, you know, and and that's one of the things that I take heart uh, with is that, you know, I say I came from a small town and we we didn't learn how to eat correctly, but since I started my journey and helping other people, I've helped. I have seven clients currently right now that are from my hometown and I've had a couple more that were, and then got themselves in the shape they wanted and, and kind of moved on. So, you know, But the good thing about it is it's kind of like that that it spreads. Just because I help one person, it's not just I help one and we're we're together. A lot of times what happens is they'll see other people they'll inspire and other people in their family. Because I got some that if they start eating healthy, their kids are going to eat healthy. And I have Mm -hmm. some clients that say, you know, now for the first time ever, our whole family is eating healthy. And, you know, that's what it needs to be about. I wish we had more education with that. Uh, If there's one thing that I want to continue doing is that helping other people cook better eat better, feel better, and then ultimately going to look better. And that builds confidence because we're living in a time right now it seems like there's so many people that use social media, you know, like they'll be frowning and they'll, you'll see people at the game. Other day we went to Kenny Chesney concert and you see people, they just look miserable sitting around and all of a sudden they put their phone to take a picture and they smile. I want that smile to be all the time. And I think the reason yeah. is because on social media, we see that there's a lot going on in this world right now where people aren't as happy as they should be for whatever the reason is. And if one of those reasons is their health or the way they look or the way they feel, you know, I hope they get that because you know how you felt when you didn't feel how you, or you didn't look how you wanted to. I did the same. I felt miserable. I tell a story to my wife that years ago before I met her, I used to, I had a, I had two bathrooms in the house. One was in my master bedroom. As soon as you stepped out of the shower, there was a mirror. I got so overweight that I would start taking showers in the hallway bathroom because when you stepped out there, you could dry off and I could put a shirt on before I passed the mirror. So it's not mm. like, I don't know what it feels like uh, to be overweight and disgusted and embarrassed about yourself, but just know there is, there is ways to do it. There's ways to do it without all these crazy, you know, $3 billion a year supplements that everybody's selling around the world. And you can actually do it and, and, and it's not expensive. You can eat healthy and you can you can just change your lifestyle and, and, and live longer. I mean, that's what we should want to do. I mean, I think I, what was it last year was the first time in two or three decades that the life expectancy of the American male went down. I mean, mm. why is that? Well, let's say we're 27 pounds, everywhere 30 years ago, might be a good place to look. Yeah.
0: Well, so. the, 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 the thing about what you're saying, too, about um, just... I mean, I look at all the people around me and there just seems like there's always some sort of illness that's that's going on or going around. And and it's like the pandemic hit, you know, and I was like, if I if I was overweight and and, in a a respiratory infection is what kills me because (laughs) I didn't take care of myself or whatever the case may be. And then, hey. Guess what? It's it's my time. You know, I guess then I kind of deserve it a little bit. But the, the, fact, right. the matter,
1: the, no, you're right. Uh-huh. The numbers are coming in on that with the CDC and the research is coming up that the majority of the people that were passing away from COVID, of course, outside of being elderly, were people that were considered to have uh, comorbidities and, and, and issues that they were having with their respiratory systems and their body because they were being taxed by being overweight. I mean, mm-hmm. more and more of those stats are coming out that. The majority of people that were dying were overweight, considered to be obese, which is a BMR or a BMI of what twenty four point nine nine or above, and that's a lot yep. of people today.
0: Yeah, and I think that too. It's like you, know, the click in my head for me was, "What good am I right now if I can't get around better than how I'm getting around?" You know, like, good am I right
1: now?" That's fun. <laughs> Come on, yeah, <laughs> no, yeah.
0: Well, you know, well, my my. A guy used to be in the army with always used to say, Man, you need to get back to fighting weight. And uh, it always just clicked in my brain was like, The way I associated with that was, I need to get back to where, hey, if I had to defend myself or somebody else, I was physically able to do that and not suck and win the whole time. And that's what I think that's always been my big motivator too. It's like, I never wanted to lose you know, like I got a kid, you know, an infant now to worry about. And I'd never want to be in a situation where I lost
1: because I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, keep up <laughs> ultimately. Well, I know we're getting short on time. I just want to tell you, this has been, this is one of the things that we need more of is where so many podcasts, because I, I listen to Spotify. a lot like to go to sleep. It's weird. I put one ear in and go to sleep with the podcast at night. And I'll start looking for health and fitness and health and fitness and it's not so much as, as we need about, it's, it's about supplements. It's about certain, you know, should I have to do fasted, uh, you know, intermittent fasting, should I do active, should I do keto instead of it just being a healthy lifestyle? Because if you eat healthy, you get some activity and you get a little resistance training in your, in your life. Not only are you going to look better, you're going to have all those health issues go away. No. And I will say this, the amount of medicines that people are taking this day, they don't, they don't need to take them if they are in their ideal weight. A lot of these issues that they're taking with thyroids and high blood pressures and hypertensions and all these things are medicine and type two diabetes are are things that can be fixed if they're at an ideal weight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I know you got me on here. I hope if anybody needs any help, let me know, reach out to you. Um, (laughs) The Coach John Branch Rockstars on Facebook, they can come on there anytime, send me a DM, I don't care. I have a lot of people do that. I've never met. uh, Like Tammy, I've never seen her her live, you know, friend of of yours. But it's because of the connection. So, I mean, and don't forget the coach and the vet. They got to come to coach and vet because... Ian Griffin right now is fired up about some issues, so you need to come here, Sergeant Major. He is fired up. I had to, I had to calm him down the other day. Oh my god, he's, he's always fired up. I want to put him in, in charge of, of of a brigade of something right now. Uh, <laughs> he'd he'd probably take it
0: too. Oh, yeah. he would. He is
1: he is so fired up. Just tell me where to go. I could hear him. So I'm on my way, sir. He's out.
0: Yeah. Well, ready. thank you very much uh, for coming on and sharing the knowledge uh, with with all of our listeners. I know a lot of the guys that that listen now are prior CrossFit gymmers and and um, people that I associate with a lot of fitness, um, just fitness guys and gals and everything else under the sun. So um, everybody's going to benefit, and for real, if you um, are seeing this probably the post on Instagram, we will have John tagged in the post. So you'll be able to see his page. Um, and then of course, on Facebook, if you want to follow uh coach and the vet podcast or John Brent himself, and it's John Brent's rock stars on Facebook, it is a private Facebook group, but I'm sure he would probably add you in or, and you could check it out and see what it's all about. So he, he does post motivational stuff quotes on there motivational stories, things to just keep you going throughout the week. And it's, it is really good. Even if maybe there's not a whole lot of interaction, everybody reads it. That's, that's oh, for yeah. sure. I know, I know I read it. I just don't know. like like, you
1: know, what's so, funny is they don't know this, but the admin on there, you can see who's uh, who watches it or who looks at it. So they don't yeah. have to like it, but you know, that they're looking at it and that's what matters the most. If there's 115 members on there uh, at one time, and you see the 60 of them have seen it, you're like, yes. You know, at least yep. they're looking at it, so you know they read it. <laughs> they they haven't blocked me. That's the, that's oh. what I always. <laughs> hey, if they but, do block me, if they do block me, then I, you know, you're gonna get to the DM. Go, hey, don't eat a cheeseburger. Don't be mad at me. Come on, yeah,
0: don't be mad at me. Don't take don't take your feelings out on me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, all right. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, as always, guys, thanks for tuning in this week. Guys, as, as always, I'm your host, Nick Rucker. Um, and one show update on June 25th, I'll be in weeping water, Nebraska playing at the farmhouse. So come out. That is an earlier show from, uh, I believe seven to 10 come out and it's my first is my debut show at this, uh, this venue. So yeah, hopefully get some new fans, some new followers and, uh, check, uh, check out Justin's schedule. He's got, um, he's got some car cleaning openings i'm sure going on so hit up rad wash and as always guys stay rad and we'll see you next week So blind Made perfection but I'm getting it